Welcome to the Slip Pivot Sessions. I'm Liz Ward, the UK's first pivot coach and founder of Slip Pivot. And this is the podcast where we dig, delve and deconstruct the journeys of people who have pivoted their businesses and careers. This episode has been recorded while we are deep in lockdown during the coronavirus pandemic. I'm in my lounge at my home in Hertfordshire. We've been locked down for almost two weeks. How are we all doing today? I hope you're all staying safe and well at home. I'm feeling really grateful for this podcast and for all the technology out there that is helping us all to remain connected. The world has changed so much and I know many of you will be at a pivot point with your businesses and careers. I want to bring you as much inspiration and insight during this time of uncertainty. So I've been putting together some of the best positive business pivot examples during this pandemic. My hope is that by sharing these stories, it can spark inspiration for you. I'll be sharing these pivot examples over the next few weeks, so make sure you're subscribed to get the next episode when it comes out. Today we are dissecting the virtual rave that connected the world. A moment in time where there was mass fear, uncertainty and we were all being told to stay at home to slow down the spread of COVID-19. On March 20th, 2020, Defected Records brought house music directly into houses around the world by hosting a 12-hour virtual music festival. Streaming DJ live sets from an empty Ministry of Sound nightclub in London across Twitter, Facebook and YouTube, reaching over 10 million people. It was just what the world needed on the first Friday night when the world had really changed. People were dancing in their living rooms, partying together with their friends via apps on the internet. But just how did the defected team pivot their business to deliver 12 hours of positivity to millions in just five days? I'm joined by James Kirkham, Chief Business Officer from Defected Records, who shares an exclusive inside track on how this seminal moment in dance music culture came about. I really enjoyed hearing from James. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple or Google or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribers, reviews and star ratings really help us grow this podcast and bring you amazing guests like James. Let's dive in. So hi, James. Um, Thank you for coming on the Slick Pivot Sessions. Thank you so much for having me. I really wanted you to come on because I think that Defected Records have just done such a brilliant thing in pouring in the joy um, into this landscape that we're in Mm -hmm. at this stage and you know music is such a shortcut to changing your emotional state and what you did bringing the defected virtual festival to life in that it was pretty much the first week of social distancing in the UK Um, and I just wanted to dive into this and, and, and can you kind of set the scene what was the point in time when you thought this was a good idea (laughs) <laughs> I love your expression, pouring in the joy, by the way. I'm definitely going to thieve that, if that's okay. Um, uh, honestly, it was, not a, um, it was not a long piece of planning. There was a WhatsApp conversation that went on for about half a dozen of us on a Sunday evening that was... Um, it was obviously a reaction to the fact that, you know, Defective Records is, is ultimately a kind of like a new era music company. It's, you know, it has... Uh, it's kind of income if you like driven by selling records of course but it's more than just that and events has been a massive part of it so that might be things like the seasonally night visa that might be our own defective croatia festival and so many more kind of events and festivals and parties and tours and so many have suddenly got postponed or cancelled and um 
we got this almost disco philosophy, I guess, uh, within the business that's all about, there's a lovely quote that Honey Dijon uh, makes that is, um, dance floors unite people in a way that governments and religions never could. And it's something we think is so true and what we stand by and this ability to bring people together, um, this kind of all access, this kind of taking down barriers and all of that sort of stuff that works so brilliantly on a, yeah, defected dance floor. Well, suddenly- it's so, tr- it's so true, isn't it? Dance floors unite people. God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I gosh, I can really go on about that, but the, I think dance music, uh, music full stops the ultimate common denominator, and it's the ability to have that passport to other cultures. It breaks down barriers. It can unite. It can galvanize and bring people together. And those kind of ingredients suddenly were like, oh, hold on, we can't just remove that from what is our business, uh, and and ultimately our community. Our community is so unbelievably important to us. So we. Um, we sort of dreamt up kind of literally overnight the idea of a virtual festival. We said, well, hold on, why don't, why don't we still try and do this? Let's put something out on Friday that's, as you say, for the joy. But, you know, we were like bringing the light and the life, uh, bringing the music to people, back to them on Friday, seemingly when they need it most. Mm-hmm. This was, we announced it on the Monday morning. Uh, what we didn't expect was that by sort of the Monday afternoon, a whole load of DJs and artists from sort of, uh, shapeshifters to monkey to sam divine to joey negro had all um uh leaned in and said can we be a part of this too and the ministry of sound club uh who of course have been you know hit uh super hard by this situation also said well we can our club will be empty but you can effectively use it so it kind of moved on very quickly from we were going to play a bunch of our sort of favorite old sets that no one had seen from Croatia, boat parties and things like that. We sort of moved it to, oh, right, we can actually have this bespoke and unique and live and real. So it was going to be it was going to be pre-recorded. Yeah, right? yeah, entirely. Uh, it was going to be more than that. It was going to be um unplayed unseen kind of sets and footage from yeah mm-hmm. from like ibiza sunset sets or from you know uh yeah croatia boat potters or whatever and it quickly turned into entirely live uh playing live we uh we reached out to youtube and facebook who were both super keen and then on the thursday night of that week it went out on the friday on the thursday night Twitter actually got in touch with us themselves and said, look, we're up for this too. It had a very lovely joined up collaborative partnership feel about it. Everyone's kind of normal, perhaps reticence to be a part of something that say another platform would be owning in inverted commas. They all sort of, it all kind of dropped away actually in a really lovely way. And we were uh, able to put it out on all of those platforms, meaning it was kind of ubiquitous and everyone could see it and hear and, you know, dance along. And there was a love. So it's like all the kind of competition went away and it ended up being collaboration and there was no exclusivity. It's like, very much so. Let's just get involved here. Yeah. And it's, you know what, it sort of had that feel right from the start. And I guess it's the nature of the time, which is, which is a part of this whole point. I think it became so successful because it's so the sentiment and the the need almost. I'm not sure we quite realized the necessity. We thought it would be a nice, thing to do yes it had first mover advantage we're an agile business we could move quite quick we had this wonderful roster of talent we could kind of uh bring to the table immediately we brought our dancers along we could still do that at that point um but there were like six people in the entire ministry of sound club at any one time and Mm -hmm. everyone was kind of wiping their equipment down and hand sanitizing and elbow 
uh, bumping. So there's some lovely kind of messages that we were able to bring to it. I, I remember was... watching that as the guy coming in and like wiping the decks as, yeah. you know, before the DJ changed over. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're keeping it really clean. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's the cleanest decks you've ever seen in your life in the end. But people, the, the messaging on that was so sweet. Like the fans are like, oh my God, I can't believe this is now normal. The fact that we're watching people effectively sort of sanitize and wipe down a mixer prior to doing a set. But it, you know, it's good me messaging to give at that time. And it was very important, of course, government messaging that we were also making sure that we perpetuated in the right way. But it was the, it was the feeling that erupted, like the messaging from the millions and it ended up being millions of people at homes with their iPads or iPhones with their, you know, playing it out in their living rooms. So many played it out on their kind of internet tellies in their living rooms and then danced along, had a gin and tonic whilst they're watching, had their kids. Yeah. Uh, seeing house music for the first time that cross-generational mad mix wherever people were was like wow that kind of hit us quite hard actually it was quite emotional yeah I mean my kids were in bed which was lucky because I you know I've not been dancing for a while because <laughs> my kids are little and um on the night it was like the first time I'd ever done a Facebook watch party oh awesome um because I you know never needed to do it before and so we had YouTube on the Apple TV on the TV Oh, and then this. we had the laptop with a Facebook watch party with the volume off. And then Brilliant. I had friends kind of joining in on Facebook that I haven't spoken to for years. Well, like then. my old clubbing friends from like my, my university mates, my schoolmates. And people were coming on and then we weren't talking. We were using GIFs, like uh, people dancing. <laughs> and so everyone was searching for like the funniest GIFs to go well, with the music so and it was just a really like point in time where we were communicating and connected where everyone was feeling a bit sad on that Friday mm -hmm. night mm -hmm. um, and, and it brought us all together but the tech was really interesting because all this tech has already been there and, and this point in time meant that people have started to use the little bits of tech in different ways and kind mm -hmm. of merging different ones together. Agreed. So how was the tech for you? Like did you, did you plan it strategically or just like get stuck in with it all? we just wanted uh, well there were two sides and what you you know what you just said is such a perfect like slice of the emotion of the fans and the, the people getting involved and I absolutely love that description and it was really interesting the way you naturally made it happen with your friends in a virtual way a load of people did the same where they said oh yeah we all got a house party for the first time and did it or yeah I had a 45 man zoom call and we all turned the volumes down and we danced like mad in fact a mutual friend of ours Jack Horner does that now yeah. religiously every Friday where uh and, and defected followed we followed this up on the following week but we finished that time I think it was at eight o'clock whereas the first week we finished at midnight and he was literally fuming going hold on we were all there dancing and then suddenly it's turned off. We, we didn't know where to go. We didn't know what to do. The, <laughs> the sound, the soundtrack to our home raving. Uh, but to answer your question, we wanted the big ubiquitous all access platforms. You know, you can kind of say what you want about the kind of years. Um, going back to the, I guess, the political divide that the likes of Facebook or Twitter have had. But at times like this, that ability to access so many people at any one time can bring people together. I think if you are a brand trying to bring positivity and unify and frankly good times, then being able to leverage platforms like that with that level of geographical coverage and sheer exposure means no one's got any excuse to miss it, right? Um, the second week was... Um, 
kind of demanded, you know, everyone was like, you've got to do this again, you have to make this every week. We, we genuinely weren't intending that in the first place. We just wanted to do a one-off, or rather, we thought that was what we would do. But the sentiment was such that we were like, oh gosh, we can't not now do one. Look at the web, the positive sentiment. But um, there we also flagged people and said, you can do this at home. And I think then, well, for the first time in our assets, on in our socials, we, we referenced, look, you can sort of play and dance along on house party or zoom and we created a set of house rules like dance like everyone's watching or nobody's <laughs> watching and turn the music up and annoy the neighbors and all of that kind of fun stuff to encourage people to to do exactly what you've just described and we had a guy sending him video dancing from his hospital bed in Greece listening oh, wow. on his iPad we had two NHS nurses uh, in their vehicle, which probably sounds slightly worrying, but with an iPad like a gear stick between them, they were dancing along, uh, leaving a clip, and so many kind of families and kids and stuff. And it's that, the layers of interaction, the layers of love coming back from fans, is that, that feedback loop, that's a pretty amazing thing to see. Yeah, it really is. And I think that um, that, that's one of the things with building a business or pivoting creating um new stuff is you really want to get that customer feedback mm. and um in this scenario you've been getting oodles of it so i imagine like each week you're refining and Absolutely. making it better and how has it been um now full lockdown has happened are, are you how's the product how's that affected production well yeah massively it's a really good question so the first week like you described you know we were in a albeit completely empty uh ministry of sound but you could go still big production with the lights and we had like confetti cannons and you know we still had elements that were born from you know the ingredients of a brilliant defective club night if you like that's obviously changed. Week two, we had bespoke um, sets, kind of. Uh, so we had like a reader star set that he recorded specially. And that's where we've had to come, I guess, move forward to, where although we've got this amazing lineup now because people are seeing its worth and its value and want to be a part of it, they're recorded each time. So um, I'm not sure when this podcast is going out, but we're sat here just before Easter, aren't we? We've got, a, I can't even say, we haven't just realised we're not, we've not put the lineup out yet, but we've got an amazing lineup that's about to be released that, again, the listeners by now will know, where some quite ludicrously stellar kind of artists and DJs are involved, recording entirely bespoke, distinct and unique sets from either their living rooms or balconies, incredibly like uh, amazing locations that most of uh, these people will know or, or the west coast of america bespoke only for this that we're then putting together like eight nine ten hours of um a festival from so this lovely original material that's now kind of coming out which will be really nice and the artists are uh, like when we, i mentioned Reba star like there's been a real big um i've noticed it's crossed over quite a lot from just we've got a really strong like five million house music community vociferous bunch but it's the amount of people who clearly weren't in it but they were talking about defective or coming to me and saying oh we were all watching that we we're a part of that and i'm like really i didn't even know you liked house music that's cool <laughs> yeah. and they're fine and they're finding acts like you know Follimore or reba star or dan shake or whatever for the first time which is really lovely and some of the djs have even said that they're like gosh we put x thousand new instagram followers on my account after me playing at the virtual festival like it's it's as you say this creativity and pivoting at a moment suddenly breeds new and exciting kind of opportunity which is really nice and again was never the intent it was that's a lovely byproduct 
Yeah, it's like his whole period of discovery and like community yeah. and growing and all of that. And I think that what I usually see in when a pivot works, it's about kind of, there's a few principles about being nimble, like going before you're ready, telling everyone before you're ready um, and, um, you know, building like one step at a time. And it seems like you guys Gosh. have done all of those things just completely organically from that moment of the WhatsApp message. I love that. I definitely don't think I knew those principles, but um, by entirely by accident, uh, <laughs> we, definitely, yeah. we definitely followed them. The obvious one was getting in early. We knew this would be the time for live streams, for live events. But fantastic. And, you know, we definitely don't have any negativity or ill feeling or ill will or anything like that. Like, that's cool. But I was speaking to... I won't say who, I was speaking to someone actually from a major label only last week and they were telling me about something that was due to be broadcast just a day or two later, like a huge, some huge acts, some huge artists, and I hadn't even heard of it. And um, and he was like, no, I know, well, there's so many at the moment, they're all competing. And I guess the, the reason I'm saying it is, gosh, getting them there early doesn't half change the game if you can be swift. So your point about that agility, that being nimble, that is everything because... Mm the coverage from a conversation like this one, which is so nice, which is much more about the in-depth stuff to the way it was on BBC News all weekend. It was on uh, Radio 2 on Steve Wright's show, The Telegraph, Forbes magazine. Very unexpected, like, press destinations for what is ultimately a, you know, a 21-year-old house music label, right? Uh, and that's, I think, an ability to get there first and then everyone takes note. Yeah, and it was that, again, as you said, it was that need, a need state for people at that point. Mm. Like, there was a real, um, like, desire for positive news amongst mm. all the chaos that was going mm. on and, and all the fear. Um, and you're also, I think I read that you're, like, 10 weeks into this role. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, you did. Good, and yeah. so was this kind of thing, and the other thing about Pivot is often <laughs> it could be something that you've already been having in your vision, like subconsciously thinking, oh, that would be really cool to do something like that. So when the point in time happens, you're kind of ready. Mm. Is this something that you'd like imagined that you might do for Defected when you joined mm -hmm. the show? Um, I definitely wanted to help um, take this amazing brand further to have it as the like the reflex response if anyone ever mentions dance music anywhere in the world i wanted defected to be the de facto kind of answer or response if you like and i did you know jokes aside i did actually remember sitting down and i was speaking with rmd and, um, and simon the founder and saying things like i want to be in places like forbes magazine i want us to be in broadsheets i definitely didn't expect it to be within like 10 weeks on the back of a global pandemic that wasn't mm. that wasn't part of the strategy the defected of the, the they've been so canny for so long so it's always been about the music like absolutely always this incredible steadfast resolve that's driven by simon dumble the founder where the likes of edm comes and goes defected stay true to what kind of made it so special and everything eventually came back around to it so that appreciation and genuine legitimacy and authenticity in a certain genre has been so important. They then grew this community. So there's over 5 million fans and followers digitally now on defected channels. So again, many brands in my old world and you know, maybe yours, you know, the likes of FMCG or telecoms, whatever it might be, often query, I think, the value of social fans. Well, if you get it right with a, an amazing back catalogue of music behind you, the ability to ultimately, you know, stream great music, push music to the right people at the right times, the right genres, match the right moods, you know, that's commercially a really viable thing. And it means that you don't have to spend loads on outside marketing. 
if anything, you can spend time with what you've got internally, your internal resource, creating and crafting content. So when I joined, I knew I could help bind and galvanize these amazing bits they're already doing. They were good storytellers, but could we make them even better storytellers? There was amazing bits of content, but how big could we go on some of these bits of content? Digital innovations, you know, they did a live broadcast from Tower Bridge a year or two ago with like camel flat playing as the sunset across Tower Bridge. Like they're no stranger to innovation, but elements like this, again, you could bind and bring together more and then give it the right kind of press that so that the world sits up and takes notice. So yeah, it's a, it's a dream mix in that respect, combining content and digital and social and IP and innovation. It just so happens to come again through a very brief conversation in a moment like this, as I say, off some very strange uh, context, which no one could have anticipated. Yeah, it's like you took all the ingredients that were already there and like already mm. working and just mixed them up a bit differently. Absolutely. This, this kind of came out. And so um, what would you say your, your personal like high five moments have been over the last few weeks? Gosh, that's a great question. Um, honestly, the, the reaction, the first reaction and love of the community when we landed the virtual festival for the first time seeing as in in real time when we saw it live there was a there was a very nervy moment i think we went out on midday on that first friday or one o'clock and um but it was in the middle of the afternoon either way and um the, the djs all said to a person despite playing some of the biggest places in the world the biggest clubs you can only imagine and you're i'm sure you've known or seen them this was the most nervous they've ever been playing to an <laughs> entirely empty club but knowing the reach was so many millions so um it working and then the reactions pouring in, that was definitely a high five moment. I think then the, the lovely the stuff like this, this feeling of capturing a moment perhaps and answering a need and a requirement, you know, this idea of this sentiment being so needed now, then, you know, that's fantastic. And honestly, um, I think probably internally as well, we've we talked super transparently and honestly, it's the style of the business anyway. So it's nice for me to just walk into that with the team where, when we 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 um we started working from home about seven no maybe ten days prior to everyone else Simon Dunmore again to his credit called it quite early with his MD Wes and we said let's trial it out and it worked fine so we said let's just stick it out and see how we go and then it became a government initiative but at that moment it felt a strange moment because I think we all knew we weren't coming back for a while mm. and um and I remember sitting with a bunch of sort of the people directly in my team in marketing content and socials and um, we talked a lot afterwards but I said. I think we reminded them of what comes from adversity, like the sheer creativity, people's predisposition to frankly create and make and do at certain highly pressurized times through adversity is sometimes magic and it is yeah. an amazing leveler. And if you're a young kid of 23 and you're in your, maybe even your first job, and we've got lots of brilliant young youngsters, I would say in the business like that, you can make your name at times like this by, there's never, there's never going to be more of a moment to, show off to do great work to get stuff out there to get it broadcast to get it out in the world and people will if they grab that moment and grab that then that you know they can have the lovely lights shone on them and their work and do fantastic from it and i think seeing those guys respond in the face of all this has been a real kind of pleasure uh, to witness that's really amazing seeing the team shine and i think you know you talk about adversity sometimes like these are the perfect conditions because mm 
there's no time for like procrastination or being a perfectionist and the vision is clear it's like we're doing this one thing we're doing this one thing quickly and we're doing it well so you know you kind of have to just accelerate that and so you know, be, being nimble and going okay actually we don't we don't need those five things we're just going to do these three things and getting them so out true. quickly and fast I think you know one of one of the problems that people have on a, on a normal day is that we try to get it right so much oh it has to be mm. this and let's tinker and let's send it to mm. 10 people for sign off and wonder about whether it would be better if we did this that or the other and when we we're operating in under adversity i love that you just kind of get it fucking done don't you excuse the language yeah but, absolutely um, there was a mate there's an amazing uh, creative director she then became a ceo her name's judy johns was a canadian the canadian i think she was toronto leah Burnett, and she was the overall creative on an ad campaign we did called like a girl and she i remember this is years ago now she taught me something brilliant which is exactly what you've just said but it was when they did pitches and they won a lot of pitches they had this fearsome creative team at the time like crew but she said do you know what we do we get the idea at 50, maybe 60% max, and then we just refine, refine, refine. Whereas most people on a two or three week pitch process spend about two and a half weeks coming up with the idea and then scrambling in the last two days. They completely reverse that and say, you agree it, you work it out quickly, because even if it's wrong, you are then doing it with confidence. It is refined with confidence. It is kind of distilled and all of that sort of good stuff. And I think that's a really lovely way to think. As you say, it's not five things, it's three things. Distill yeah. it down, do it simple, get it away. Worry yeah. about the other bits after. And as soon as you run it or put it out, you get that feedback and then mm. you can tweak. You know, and I it's, love that. It's, 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 you know, I work with people that want to change their career or, or grow their business. And um, often it's quite hard to get this point to land. It's like, you just got to go and get the feedback and then tweak. Um, and I think that the, the pivots that are coming out of this period in time are just such beautiful case studies of actually, we can operate like this going forward. We can operate, we can create these conditions, mm. obviously without the um, terrible stuff that is going on, but you know, you can but almost take the learnings for how to act lean um, from this environment. And do you, do you think this will be, way. Do you, yeah, and with the, with the kind of people that you speak to, are you finding that you actually you're, you're getting more creativity than ever that's coming out of this kind of chaos and mess in the background? Or are people paralysed by sort of not knowing which way to turn? Or I think it depends where people are on the process. So I've got mm. clients that have been working on what is their vision? What are their values? What is the stuff that's really working in their business? Mm. What is, um, you know, what things can they leverage? And so those people that are that state of readiness have been able to pivot quickly as, as like you guys, because, mm. you know, you know what you're about, you know what you stand for and you can serve this need. Um, for some others, it's about getting real clarity on what, what is important and where, what direction do they want to be taking themselves personally or the, or the business. Um, nice, and yeah. so having that kind of strategic groundwork done, um, has, has, that's where I've seen people pivot quickly. For others, actually, this time is a really good time to reflect and go, okay, what is important to me? What stuff is not working? What do I want to drop? And where do I want to double down mm. and accelerate? Um, so people are at different points in time and also depending on their life situation. Um, we've all been affected by this in different ways and business has mm. been affected in different ways, you know, what, depending on what kind of industry you've, you're in or what kind of business you've got. Um, so it's quite different for different people, but to answer your question, 
yes mm. definitely seeing lots of creativity um, i find that so fascinating i wonder if massive corporations will learn from perhaps the smaller shops and places or in our world smaller labels or in you know brand world i wonder if because they have to i mean you know what i mean i'm wondering if it, we've seen success stories if you call them success, because we understand the the situation, but you know, I think Brewdog have come out and, and got a lot of plaudits, kind of rightly so, for immediately again trying to innovate with the product. I think EAB InBev are again are another drink that's trying to use their sort of bring purpose into it and use their factories for the certain reasons at this time. Like, and I think they're getting rightly the right kind of plaudits for that. I guess there's other places where they're just going to be stuck and they might be having those conversations of how the hell do we do this and maybe having to look at their entire way that they work. Because if you can't work at speed, it's very difficult at the moment. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of lessons in this about being mm -hmm. more, nim more, more nimble and building so that you can be nimble. Um, infrastructure yeah. and teams and everything like that. And so my next question is, what have been your biggest challenges over the last few weeks? Um, this one sounds like a, a made up one, but... Um, we've put such kind of onus on the guys and the whole teams to just keep bringing ideas to the table that we probably almost got too much at the moment in the respect that your rules that you've just given about making sure it's simple and going out, you know, on a smaller scale, we're having to sort of try and remember stuff like that ourselves. We keep adding bits on and layering bits on, you know, this, as soon as this idea went out the door, I was straight on everyone going, that's cool, but what's next? What's the innovation next? What's the way we keep this momentum up? What's going to feel different? Now, we're going to carry this idea on because there's just a very lovely regularity now to this, a simplicity that everyone on a Friday, frankly, wants to have a drink and a dance. But that's not our business. That's just a very small part of it that's going to be a fantastic way of bringing people together. But, you know, I'm also put, sort of putting the pressure on as we're well finding the other five, six, seven, you know, eight, massive frankly ideas to cut through in similar ways so it's um it's about doing that in the right way it's you know how much is too much we're doubling down on content we're doubling down on our music output what we're actually sharing and signing like how much is too much like trying to make that trying to find that balance mm -hmm. you know i don't know about you but i've <laughs> i mean it's kind of weird in this time because again through such adversity and frankly a horrific situation my God, there's some good content out there. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's some great uses of the medium. Look at what Joe Wicks is doing for kids in PE on a, every weekday morning. Like, fair play to him. He's probably gone to the A-list celeb status now with millions of kind of new fans and viewers because he does a PE lesson. Or, um, you know, my personal love is the way the old charlatans lead singer Tim Burgess does these listening parties on Twitter that is just the most pure use of the medium that I adore and it appeals to my 90s indie boy have you uh, seen um, have you seen Mr C doing meditation on Facebook oh, Live what? I've not seen that yet gosh so I yeah, went into on Sunday, <laughs> Sunday morning I went into our bedroom and my husband was lying on the bed going uh, like <laughs> in a zen state like what are you doing he's like mr c is doing a meditation oh this and is I'm awesome. like oh my goodness so yeah he's definitely on my uh, recommendation list of see, innovators in this time see um, that in it that in itself is genius but there's some genuinely brilliant stuff about isn't there you know there's um how was it described it was it in um rolling stones though where they said ufc with creators which is that timberland stuff i don't know if you've been seeing those kind of songwriting battles that timberland's been doing again mm. there's so many that i'm sure your listeners have got another million examples mm. i don't know where that ends i don't know if that's too much too noisy too much clutter or if that's just a lovely long tail of 
what and who you're interested in so it doesn't matter because you've always got ultimate choice yeah yeah I think you know for those those people those audiences that like those those people they'll be you know and I guess great. Be enjoying that. Yeah. You know, it's like thank you. I know my mum. She's she's really into also really into meditation. She's like this is great. I've got well, this well, about Mr. C. No, mom, oh. she's, not, she's not listening to Mr. C. <laughs> but um, you know, she's saying I'm tuning into something at midday, something at, at um in the evening, and <laughs> See, um, she's getting loads of stuff that she couldn't that. get before because you know she had to go to physical events and didn't want to do that. I so, thought you were going to tell us your mum was a shaman fan from. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. No, she she isn't. Um, <laughs> how do you think this is going to change defected going forward? Um, we certainly don't want it to displace or replace any of the real world events. The ability to come together and have a fantastic, you know, party at one of our glitter. If you've ever been to one of the glitter box events, be it in Ibiza or all the incredible stuff at Printworks or they're pretty amazing. Croatia is a pretty magical kind of festival. So it's not going to displace that. It's definitely going to enable us, I think, to have a bit more clout and power to do more, though, if that makes sense. Like, it, um, I think you can do stuff like this that brings people together in their millions en masse, which is super, like, potent for us as a brand to do, to bring music to the masses in that way. I think there'll be increasingly other sides to this coin, though. Like, that's en masse. But I think this idea of proximity and a much more personal um, connection will come through. And that, maybe that's from the tech. I don't know about you, but, you know, we, we're on our Zoom calls every morning with leadership and then with the rest of the team, heads of department. But you've got, like, dogs barking in the background. You've got, like, various, you know, partners or family members or loved ones, like, you know, accidentally involved. But it, it creates a very personal, you see, in artifacts and books that you didn't know they had in the background on their shelves and there's a new personal nature to it that just isn't there in an office environment and I guess what I'm getting to is I think that will happen more and more too with the music with artists with talent I think those with character and personality will be will be demanding a little interface or audience with those people on a 25-man zoom call equivalent or in my old world of football and sport you might do it with players with personality where you can get up close and personal and in a strange way, that's where this tech that is about joining distance really does that. And it's much more about character and closeness and personality. And that, that again, will be a really good thing. And if that, if we at Defected kind of exploit that more and we have the equivalent of, you know, these lovely all access kind of mechanics or beautiful way to get closer to the DJs or people in the craft of some of the albums we're putting together, you know, later this year, then that could be a really good thing, actually. Yeah, I keep talking about connection, but it is that mm. it is that deeper connection of like seeing someone's lounge that's not sugar coated. It kind <laughs> yeah. of like just makes you like them more, doesn't it? It's it a does. Funny, it's it's a funny thing. Um, <laughs> and so obviously, live is quite um, important for the music industry in terms of revenue. Do you think that people will look at monetizing these virtual music experiences? And are people doing that? Yeah. Already? Absolutely. And there's a lot of monetization already going on. Um, I think for us, um, we definitely had, as you can imagine, a few approaches from partners after the success of the first or potential partners. For us, as always, it's about the right partnership that brings value or relevance to our audience. You know, I'm a commercially driven beast. I ran that within Copper 90 for uh, four or five years, worked with some of the biggest brands in the world, used to have an agency. So it's 
it's a not something I have any sort of allergic reaction to. On the contrary, I think if you can work with some brilliant brands, then um, you can do great work. Uh, you know, my old daughter Copper Ninety, which has done a lovely stay-at-home series with EA around FIFA, for example, where they've got talent like Rio Ferdinand piece together footballers, and it's all played out in a very cute at-home filmic style on Copper Ninety, and it's just very easy, simple stuff. It's a natural behaviour that you can bring back into people's homes using talent. Point is that's a nice big brand deal. And if the brand deal is relevant for the point in time, or if the brand deal is a brand or a partnership that a, yeah, the audience gets something out of or is useful for them or is relevant for them, then I think that's great. So, you know, if that ends up being a good commercial partnership or something like this, then fantastic. But if not, fortunately, it isn't the build and end all for us. We don't require it uh, because, yeah, we, you know, it's, we're ultimately underpinned by the machine that is making music, which is great. Hmm. And do you think you'll ever do like direct to consumer, direct to dancer, get them to pay you? Like sell tickets um, for, for these things? I love that question. I mean, before all of this happened, you know, it's, I, I was putting some slides together for something and it was something like 500,000 uh, uh, paying um, uh, ticket buying uh, uh, people, I can't think of the word. Uh, in other words, 500,000 people effectively buy tickets for a defected event or party in a year, uh, which is amazing. You know, contextually, that's like, compare that to we do a billion streams roughly of our music, but that's a, that's a lot of people being a part of something and attending something and wanting to be a part of it. Now, that question you've just asked, you know, that's kind of interesting. I certainly wouldn't rule that out. It doesn't feel the natural norm right now. Mm -hmm. But what should it be different from a micropayment to watch a streaming of a sporting event or a music event or a gig ticket, as you kind of perhaps suggest? The idea that, I don't know, pay a pound with a thumbprint to gain access to the, your favourite eight DJs over the course of, you know, a night exclusively to your phone. <laughs> perhaps that works. It isn't what we're doing at the moment because the sentiment at the moment is about uniting and bringing people together, whoever they are, wherever they are. And I think it would be... a at odds with that but absolutely never say never if there's the right stuff at the right time um if if that's what people want mm, okay well let's watch that space hmm. and so what what do you think the formula is for making a pivot then in a business um what, what ingredients you know do you need in order to uh, in five days like you did I think you need to be audacious. I think audacity is always a good word in stuff like this. Like just when you think you can't do it, you go again and you leap that challenge or barrier because there'll be about 48,000 barriers in the course of four or five days is the reason you can't be done or it needs to be worse or it needs to be diluted. You just need to be audacious and think, well, we can actually. And this is our way around it. So you need a bloody good natural kind of, as I call it, like a working compass, knowing your way around those challenges knowing your way how to circumnavigate those barriers that's kind of key but audacity is everything confidence you can actually pull it off and also frankly a reason for being we have that from our community the existence of our fans they're the ones who are sort of needing this um feeling needing this positivity and then the week afterwards needing it to return they needed it regularly that's all fan driven that's community driven we simply wouldn't have done it again were it not for the fact that they were all in their droves saying you have to do this every week <laughs> uh you know and here we are today and we're about to do another one at eastern and we've got another three lined up after that and you know i'm not sure communities often be it wherever they might be sort of generally residing or sitting or what social platform they might be on or owned and operated 
they still maybe never quite realize the power they exert and that they hold and that they can affect brands so massively. And if a brand is able to tune into their wants and their feelings and what it is that they're after and deliver it, then that is a lovely, rich combination. It's quite alchemic. Yeah, so like listen to what people are saying to you and, and deliver Absolutely. that. And that's the sweet spot. And so you mentioned there something's coming up at Easter. So where can people tune in to the Defected Festival if they're uh, listening and haven't been, been it, involved yet? <laughs> it will be on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and Twitch uh, on Good Friday from 1pm until I think 8 or 9 o'clock at night. And it is a quite ridiculous lineup of bespoke, unique music that's been put together uh, from a list of pretty awesome DJs. So we're, we're, we're as excited, it's as big as we've uh, ever done. And there's a couple of special surprises too, but yeah, it'll be fantastic. Well, I cannot wait to <laughs> dance in my living room once more to that on, on Good Friday, which is classic clubbing weekend, isn't it? Exactly. And um, thank you so much for coming on, James. That's been such a brilliant conversation. Good luck with everything else. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to the Slick Pivot Sessions with me, Liz Ward, the podcast for life's achievers and believers. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this as much as I've enjoyed making it. Please take a moment to rate and review on Apple or Google or wherever you get your podcasts. This helps us to grow and bring you amazing guests. The show notes have all the links and references from today's session. And for your weekly dose of Pivot inspiration, sign up to Slick Pivot Sunday, my weekly newsletter. Just visit slickpivot.com. And until our next session together, stay nimble and remember, no pivot is ever slick.